its eternal father strong to save. It is the hymn selected for this coming Sunday, and part of it is because Jesus is walking on the water. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday, where we take a look at the hymn for the following Sunday. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and today's date is August the 4th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm taking a look. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And with me is Pastor Mark Smith. A favorite hymn of yours, is it not, Pastor? Hey, Tom, you should have played some more stanzas of that hymn. That, I'll tell you, anybody who's spent any time in the Navy is just really moved by that hymn. Yes. It's a favorite. It w- was sung by the Naval Academy Glee Club as a tribute to Pearl Harbor. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so they had a big choir. I was watching them. And then they would have a video of the bombing that occurred at uh, Pearl Harbor. Oh, boy. So before we get into the hymn, we want to talk a little bit about the author, William Whiting. He was born in London, November 1st, 1825. His father was a grocery man, and they moved to provide him with a proper education. And in 1842, he ended up super, supervising the education and boarding of 16 boys. Wow. Four of them actually sang, sang for chapel services. However, when they did sing, even well into Whitting's term, there was never a shortage of complaints about their unmusical wailing. That's what was said. He wrote about a dozen hymns, but none of the hymns are sung today except for Eternal Father Strong to Save. He died on May the 3rd, 1878 in Winchester, and he had been the master of those boys for 36 years. But this is an unusual hymn because verses 2 and 3 are written by a different man, Robert Spencer. He was born in New York in 1877, was ordained a deacon by the Episcopal Church in 1904, becoming a priest the following year, and was a preacher of the government chapel at Fort Riley, Kansas. From 1907 to 1909, he served at St. John's in Springfield, Missouri, and Mm. in Grace and Holy Trinity in Kansas City, Missouri. He died August 19, 1961. Now, what he did in our hymnal The Navy hymn continues on the next page with the naval stanzas two and three. But what Spencer did, originally it was about on the sea, and he added stanzas two and three to talk about also the land and the air. It's It's a hymn that can be used 
before travel or during travel. That's uh, that's, that's what's good. nice about it too. The um, composer of the tune, John Dykes, was the grandson of a well-known evangelical clergyman in the Church of England. And at age 10, he was organist at his grandfather's church. Wow. He was ordained in 1847, but the bishop did not like him. In fact, it says... He applied to the bishop for a helper. The bishop informed him that he would only get one if he promised never to wear a colored stole, never to have anything to do with incense, and never to stand with his back to the congregation during the service. (laughs) Dykes challenged this action in court, but the court sided with the bishop. He uh, suffered a breakdown of his health in 1875. Now, believe it or not, he wrote the tunes for 300 hymns. Wow. Well, he And this he one sure... is called Melita. Melita, yes. And there's another one called Nicaea. You know what hymn that is? No, but I've, I I remember seeing the seeing the tune written down. It's the one called Holy, Holy, Holy. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So we want to take a look at this Eternal Father Strong to Save. And it's referred to as the Sailor's Hymn and uh, written, by the way, by Whiting for a student who was about to sail to the United States. And the opening lines are inscribed over the chancel of the chapel at the United States Naval Academy at Annapolis. Now, you know something about uh, when this hymn was used by Churchill and Roosevelt. Yeah, it was used in a at an important meeting of, that they met. They met on uh, in, on a ship in the North Atlantic, and this was a, during World War II. And what came out of their important meeting, it was they they sang this hymn in conjunction with that meeting. And what came out of that meeting was the the well known Lend Lease Act, where America loaned about twenty ships, twenty destroyers to uh, England and in return we uh we got the rights to uh leasing land under Britain uh for military installations and it just so happened my father was stationed who was in the air force he was stationed on one of those uh so-called lend lease act uh bases were you there? Yeah, I was. I lived on air. I lived on Air Force bases growing up as a kid, and we wow. lived on this uh, this uh, Air Force base up in uh, Newfoundland. It was part of that Lend Lease Act, and uh, that's where uh, Churchill, you know, Churchill and, and Roosevelt were were very close. And uh, it was an important uh, the Lend Lease Act was an important uh, thing that came out of that meeting. I was unaware that. It was used at Roosevelt's funeral in New York and also the state funeral of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, well, Kennedy, of course, was uh, in the uh, Navy during 
World War II. He was, he was a skipper of a, a PT boat. And as I said, if any, anyone that's been in the Navy, this hymn is very, very moving. It's a moving hymn anyway. I, I use it a lot. I, I, I love the hymn. It appears that the Army and the Air Force don't have their own hymns, do they? No, the, no this is the – well, they do have, they do have uh, songs – uh, but this is the only hymn that's connected that I know of that's connected with uh, any of, the, of the armed forces, services that's in yeah. our hymnal. Yeah. So without further ado, um, we have four verses we're going to sing, and the last, uh, I'm sorry, go over, but the stanza two and three on the other page are the original Navy hymn. We're not going to look at them, but read stanza one if you would okay eternal father strong to save whose arm hath bound the restless wave who bidst the mighty ocean deep its own appointed limits keep oh hear us when we cry to thee for those in peril on the sea well you can understand that this was written for a young man who was going to be going across the sea to the United States. Right. And Whitting, William Whitting, did this for him. And notice how it ends, for those in peril on the... On the sea. On the sea. And yeah. that's why um, Robert Spencer then wrote the next two verses to talk about land and air. But I'm wondering if you notice something about the hymn, particularly each verse. Well, it's uh, Trinitarian. Very good. The, the Eternal Father. Not only that, that first verse where it talks about um, who bids the mighty ocean deep its own appointed limits keep, that's really in line with the Old Testament reading for this Sunday, too. Uh, yes. In, in fact, it was written on the basis of Psalm 107, verse 24. These men see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. And the preceding Psalm verse, some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters, and bring home the dangers inherent in such an enterprise. So... That's got a lot of meat to it. Eternal Father, strong to save, whose arm hath bound the restless wave. What does that remind you of? Let's see. Eternal Father, whose arm was he? T is that a reference to the sun? I whose, think so. His right, his right hand. His right hand, his, his right arm, has bound the restless wave. Because Jesus, of course, he is. Peace be still, and the waters ceased. You know, he had uh, control over the wind and the wave. In fact, maybe we should take a look at stanza two on the following page. Read that. O Christ, whose voice the waters heard, and hushed their raging at thy word, who walkest on the foaming deep, and calm amid its raged, did sleep. Oh, hear us when we cry to thee for those in peril on the sea. So that really touches with some of the Bible verses. 
Yeah. It, it, reminds fact, us, it, re, it reminds us when Jesus said, uh, stilled the waves. And right. remember how remember how calmly he slept while his disciples were so upset uh, about the about the uh, storms raging against them in that tiny boat. They could not figure out Jesus, that he was asleep instead of helping to pour out the water. And if somebody in that day had said that they were able to control wind and wave, they would have been accused of blasphemy. Because yeah. according to the Old Testament, only God controls wind and wave, like the Red Sea, uh, the crossing of the Jordan, and other such situations. And remember what those disciples said to Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care for us that we perish? <laughs> you know, oh boy. Don't yeah, one of the translations us. says it's not really a question, it's a statement saying, uh, Lord, don't you, Lord, you see what is happening and you do care, don't you? <laughs> and uh, Jesus woke up and they found a boat, by the way, in 1960 that was from that area, and it could hold 13 individuals. And there was a platform that the guy guiding the boat would stand on, and underneath there was a place where one could sleep. Isn't that something? It's amazing that a boat lasted that long. Well, it was underwater. Yeah, but still, that was preserved all those years. Yeah, it was preserved to the point they could recognize it and figure out they have its length, they have its width, and they have its height. And its height wasn't that high, so waters easily could have gone into it. So, let's read the second stanza, and this one was written by Robert Spencer. Okay. O Christ, the Lord of hill and plain, o'er which our traffic runs amain, by mountain pass or valley low, wherever, Lord, thy people go, protect them by thy guarding hand from every peril on the land. So the first one is for those in peril on the sea, and the second one is from every peril on the land. And you mentioned this is a good hymn for what occasion? Travel. Travel. Whenever uh, it's a good one to sing before. Oh, we. I remember singing this before uh, the pastor's conference broke up and everybody was returning home by different oh. ways of travel. It's it's a good hymn for that kind of thing. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, it is a hymn that brings comfort to people because it keeps pointing back to uh, Jesus. This uh, stanza 2 actually is from Psalm 5, verse 11, which says, But all, let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy, and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. Now, what was interesting, and remember, I'm now reading from the Lutheran service book, Companion to the Hymns, that I was given uh, last week. It's got tons of information. We're just touching it superficially. 
Right. But stanza two, it says, is also expressed in Martin Luther's small catechism. Now, when I read that, I couldn't remember where. But then it quotes it. It's the first article of the Apostles' Creed, where it states that God richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. So this is really filled with Bible verses all over the place. And the first hymn, stanza, was about the Father. This one addresses, O Christ, the Lord of hill and plain. And you see, each of the persons of the Trinity are addressed because they all have the same attributes. Right. They're omniscient. They're omnipotent. So there's no distinction between what they can do. Uh, any other thoughts on stanza two? No, not at this point. Yep. I'm looking ahead at the third verse. Well, you go ahead. Read that. O Spirit, whom the Father sent to spread abroad the firmament. O wind of heaven, by thy might, save all who dare the eagle's flight, and keep them by thy watchful care from every peril in the air. So this one reminds us of the Spirit who was hovering over the face of the waters. That's right. Genesis 1-2. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is referred to as the wind from heaven. That reminds us of Acts 2, which yes. was the day of Pentecost. Remember how the Holy Spirit came? Yes, you heard the sound of that mighty, mighty rushing wind. Exactly. Well said. So even Jesus compares the Spirit to the wind in John 3, verse 8. He says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. What's that talking about? Uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, Tom. <laughs> but when is a person born of the Spirit? Oh, born of the born of the Spirit by by holy baptism. Exactly. For, for, for most of us, at least. Although sometimes sometimes we come to faith just by hearing the gospel. Yeah, that's the Romans ten passage. Right. And and that, by the way, is also in the readings for this week that we come to faith by hearing the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit plants that faith in our hearts through hearing the Word of God. So, first stanza, Father. Second one, Christ. Third, the Holy Spirit. Now, I ran across a really interesting thought on the Holy Spirit that was in this month's portals of prayer by that woman who lives in St. Louis. And she was talking about that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. You know, that was yes. the big phrase that divided the Roman Catholics from the Orthodox. That's right. Yes. 
He proceeds from the Father an and the Son, and we, and, and we make that and we profess that truth in the uh, Nicene Creed. Yes, but she had an idea on the word proceeds, and I never heard of it before, but it was really interesting. How do we use that word, proceeds? Let's see, proceeds. Well, it, the Holy Spirit uh, emanates, uh, comes forth from the Father. I, I often the thought the same, that it had something to do with how the Holy Spirit came from the Father and the Son. Now, there's no doubt he did, but here's how you may have used the word proceeds. Uh, you may have had a, a picnic at your church and you were selling hot dogs, and somebody comes up to you afterwards when it's over and says, what were the proceeds? What are they asking for? They're asking for the uh, the uh, results, the results of the uh, expenses. Uh, How much did we make? How much did we make? Profit. Yes. yes. And that was her point in the portals, that when it says that the Holy Spirit proceeds because of him, we get all kinds of gifts. In fact, that's in the Old Testament also. Come and buy milk without money, without price. Yes. It's free. Yes. And I never really thought about that, that the proceeds of the Holy Spirit we get are mentioned in the Pentecost sermon. You get the gift of the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Proceeds. It is. I've always thought of proceeding as just, you know, the, the Father, uh, the Father sends His Holy Spirit, and and Jesus. You know, he, he sometimes He would breathe on His disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. Yes. All right. Stanza four. Okay. O Trinity of love and power, our people's shield in danger's hour. From rock and tempest, fire and foe, protect them wheresoe'er they go. Thus evermore shall rise to thee glad praise from air and land and sea. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, there he does put in the concept of land and air, as well as sea. See, this, I don't know, when did airplanes come into existence? Oh, We wouldn't have been able to sing this before. Just just, just right around uh, shortly after the turn of the century. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm talking about the, about the t- 19th to 20th century. Right around 1900 or so, they started flying. Yes. And I, I'm sure uh, your dad was in the Air Force, right? Yes, 20 years in the Air Force, right. Did he fly? Well, he flew. He didn't. He, he wasn't a pilot. No, he wasn't a pilot. Uh, uh-huh. he, but, but he did fly a lot. He flew her- helicopters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've never figured out how they work. So we'll be singing that this Sunday. Are Are you singing it? Definitely, yes. In fact, that's. Um, I think I'm going to sing that as the sermon hymn. How do you know? Because you're not a pastor there anymore. Well, I'm preaching. I'm preaching this Sunday. You're preaching this Sunday? Yes. First time since January. Okay. Tell people what church and what time. 
Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Crestwood, uh, just south of the Watson and New Sappington intersection. And uh, boy, you know, I'm I'm a little embarrassed. I'm going to be preaching at uh, uh, 10:45 and an early service. But I got to find out what time the early service is. Oh boy. All right, thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. That was Eternal Father Strong to Save. And join me tomorrow as we continue our discussion of C.F.W. Walther's distinctions between law and gospel. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.